I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, and you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. It can be hard to start a blog because even though this has been an established form of communication for several years now, it seems to be kind of this business mystery still. Like, what is it actually good for? And it's, it's really educating. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 80. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. We would indeed. For today's episode, we're chatting about how to outsource your blog content, something Jesse knows from actually doing it. And I actually know because that's what I do partially for a living. Uh, but before we get into it, Jesse, what are you drinking today? I'm going with a lover boy sparkling tea. Those are um, mm. some of my go-to summer favorites. And Ooh. I've got the hibiscus palm flavor, which is fantastic. If you I've, haven't had it, if you haven't had, well, no. you know, you've had, you've had them. I've had lover boy. Oh yeah. We had that at my house. Yeah. yeah. It's just been so, it's just been so long. Oh, I know. Jesse, I know. like I know. seriously, it's been. I know. I know. I we need, gotta we gotta have another uh another date where we can actually like, I, I know. Well we see each together. other from what for people don't know, we see each other actually quite often, but um, you know, it's to actually drink, it's people <laughs> don't want you taking pictures as you've been drinking. <laughs> you know, um, which I don't blame them. And people don't want me writing for them when I've been drinking either, because I'm a lightweight. Um but all true right, story, in, true story. Yeah, well, talking about writing, as yes. I said, that's what I do for a living. Uh, and you outsourced your blog writing to me. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about why you decided you wanted to um, keep up your blog um, yeah. and how you came to the decision that you wanted to, to outsource that material. Yeah. So, I mean, as you mentioned, you do write my blog posts, but the reason I ultimately decided, you know, came to the decision at some point to outsource is, well, actually, let me just set the, set the stage here. It was 2020, um, AKA the start of COVID. And at that point we were, um, you know, in shutdown. And I was at a point in my business where I was actually pretty booked. I, I wasn't able to go out and shoot while we were shut down. But I was getting pretty booked, um, but realizing that we're going to be in shutdown, I was not going to be able to physically go out and network, which was like my primary source of marketing. Um, you know, I was doing some blog writing, but it was a little bit haphazard when I had the time or it would take me just so long, in my opinion, because I'm not a natural writer. Um, or when I did, it just didn't really like feel like I was telling a good story with my blogs. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and see if I can start outsourcing some of my work before then I really wasn't outsourcing much. And so I said, oh, I want to outsource my blogs. And what this also was doing in the back of my mind was, you know, since I wasn't able to go out and physically go out and network and do some of that marketing, why not build my SEO in the background? Because I know that takes a longer game. And so kind of building that now. And so with the idea in mind that when someone would Google brand photographer, Boston or Boston branding photographer, I would be able to show up at least on the first page. So that was kind of like my goal to outsource, save me time, but also think about this, you know, background game of the SEO. So I reached out to, um, to, to you because I was like, who else? I mean, I could have easily gone to Google. I could have gone to all the job posting type 
boards on Facebook or whatever, found somebody, but I already knew a great writer and you have your own blog. And so I was like, Hmm, I wonder if she would be interested in this. It was so funny. I was, I, I even asked George, my husband, I was like, do you think I should reach out to Kay? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if she would be interested in this. And I know, you know, you were, um, you were, you know, basically working from home at that point anyways. Mm -hmm. And you had just had, you know, the baby. And so I was like, I don't know if she's even gonna have time, but I reached out and you were like, yes, let's like, let's go for it. So, um, so really that's the why and the, you know, the reasoning and sort of how I initially came across getting someone to, to help me with this. I think it's important to note, though, that even though you said you're not like a natural writer, you're actually a very compelling writer. I think for you, it might be um, the grammar and punctuation and sometimes spelling, which I mean, is easy enough. But the thing is, you don't you obviously, even though, as I said, you're very compelling, you can you you can sell me on anything. Seriously, when I read some of the stuff that you've written. Um, but I think it was important that it's like it's just not something you enjoy. It seems mm-hmm. like, is mm-hmm. that right? Like, yeah, I mean, writing? I mean, I like the, I, let's say it's weird. I like the idea of it. I like, I like the idea of the finished product. So mm-hmm. sometimes I can get excited, like, oh yeah, I'm going to have this, this end product. And that sometimes is enough to get me started. But then when I'm actually like doing it, I'm like, oh man, this sucks. I wish it was done already. <laughs> so for well, me, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just not something I particularly enjoy. And I'd rather be spending my time elsewhere um, in my business. So um, but this was both new to us, right? I don't think yeah, it was you were my first for like a client I mean, per se. So I had, you know, well, I, when I was, when I was working as a TV producer and, and TV writer, like that was what I was doing is I was writing copy for anchors for TV show hosts and, um, you know, uh, other personalities and that, that would get presented so like I was writing for other people but that was like my nine to five job that are you know it wasn't really nine to five in t- television most of the time but that was like my job I wasn't being high, a contracted worker I wasn't yeah. a contract worker that was that was my main focus so, um so this was the first time anybody had reached out to me as a contract worker to write for them so it was it was funny because I had a, I already had kind of a system in place for my own blog because as someone who has ADHD, like I knew I had to like put together like a content calendar so that I knew exactly what I was going to be writing about. And that content calendar has only gotten a little bit more con- like involved and confusing as like I've added more SEO and, and, um, elements, you know, posting on different social media platforms. But like, so I knew I had an idea of, of, what to send you to get you started. But I feel like we developed a good system kind of together as this collaboration evolved. Yeah. So for those of you that are interested in, you know, thinking about getting set up with outsourcing your blog. So number one, you definitely want to hire somebody that has experience either in writing. I mean, you could either, you could hire someone that hasn't necessarily done blog writing, like, like in the capacity that you know, Kate and I, like she just mentioned, she had plenty of writing experience, but as far as this creative client relationship for specifically an online creative blog, she hadn't done yet, but I knew that she had experience writing. So you don't necessarily need to go out specifically for a blog writer, just, you know, see to, you know, the fact that they can write and maybe see some past examples. So that's like, number one, is you want to find someone mm-hmm. that you can actually write. Number two, develop a system. And for us, this was a combination of using a project management tool and Google Drive. 
including Google Sheets and Google Docs and Google Folders. So with Asana, yeah. that for those of you that don't know what it is, it's a project management tool. There, it's like a freemium service where there's a certain levels that are free. We just use the free one. Yep. And we basically set up a workflow. So there's different tasks. So what I would do now, Kate actually does this for me, but at the very beginning, I would set up the Asana board for us for each blog post that would say, okay, do we have like step number one was like Jesse to get everything to Kate that like the collateral, the topic, the idea, mm-hmm. um, and then everything to follow all the documents, the drafts, the collateral, meaning the photos or any other things that she would need to put into the blog post would go into the Google drive. And so what would happen ultimately is I would set up that board, give her the ideas. And one of the things that I think is also super, super helpful. And Kate, I think you would also agree is sending over a loom video. So not, I love this is loom. It's a way for me. So yes, I do in our spreadsheet, we have like the blog title, the notes for the blog any Mm -hmm. other links that I want to include, it could be a backlink to another blog. It could be a link outside to something else. A product you're trying to, you know, inspire people to pick it. Yeah. Call to action, whatever. Um, But then Kate, since you've been doing this for so long, sometimes you already know like, oh, we should link up to this other article because it's relevant. So she'll throw in other links, but a link for that. And then I have a spot now to include a Loom video. So while I can write, all my notes, sometimes talking through it. So I'll do a screen record for her, just briefly outlining what's in my head. So that gives her some additional direction. And then Mm -hmm. she takes it from there. She, you know, and you can talk about what you do, I guess. Well, I mean, also with the Loom videos, like, I I mean, so we've talked about this. We've known each other. It's like coming up on 14 years. Um, And I mean, not that we've like been in each other's kitchens for 14 years or anything like that. But we've known each other for a really long time and I've known you like I've gotten to really know you since you started your photography business and then especially as you got into branding photography. So I do know your voice pretty well um, and you have a very um, well-established voice for both of your brands, um, both the brand photographer method as well as Jesse Wyman photography. Um, so you have that that great guide that you've been able to send me and everything. But sometimes even just the Loom videos can help because I hear your tone of voice and your um, some of the words that you use when you're referring to certain things, which can help to inform my language um, in each blog post, which I think is so important to, you know, you, you can hire, you can really go on to any like um, job, you know, website or, you know, copywriting website and hire somebody who's going to do it like super cheap and super fast, but they may not be able to capture your tone of voice, your brand voice, which is so important these days to having that, that consistent um, messaging throughout the time thing. So sometimes even just hearing the the loom, you know, especially if it's been a couple of weeks since I've written a blog post, hearing you on loom explain to me, it helps to inform the copy that I end up writing. So after um, Jesse gets everything in there, we, as, as she said, we have a Google drive where we share um, folders of her image, the images that she uses. She might give me some guideline guidance on, you know, what folders I should be looking in for, for images, or she might just say, you know, I want a couple of candidates. I want a couple of working shots. I want a couple of people on their laptops, whatever. Um, so I go in and I'll start to 
like literally, I don't know if you know this, Jesse, like sometimes I just like drag and drop some of the notes that you have put into the thing. And then I'll list as I'm listening to your loom video, I'm making notes. And then I take those and I organize it, you know, um, expound upon every, anything that you've said to kind of get it, um, you know, into full sentences. Um, sometimes, you know, you do a lot of the numbered posts, like three things for this, or, you know, the questions you should be asking a branding photographer, that kind of thing. So I organize it in that respect. And then I kind of go through your folders and I'll look for images that I feel correlate. Like sometimes we're working on a case study. So I know I'm staying within a certain folder because we're talking specifically about, you know, one of your clients that you've just did, you know, done images for that has launched a new website. Um, But then, as I said, sometimes it's like kind of being able to jump around in different folders and I just kind of pick photos that I feel um, relate best to the topics of hands and I'll put photos in there. And then once I'm kind of happy with it and oh, when it comes to the links, yes, uh, I love backlinks inside websites. I think that they're the best thing ever. I probably I'm a little obsessed with them. So, you know, a lot of you're, you're good in that the way that you have a lot of your blog posts is that they do relate to a lot of the other stuff, not that, you know, it's original content, but it does relate to some of the other blog posts you've put on there. So, you know, we did one recently where you were talking about, um, a new website and, you know, you don't want your images to look outdated. So you should really book a branding photographer at the same time that you do a brand, you know, a website refresh. You are like, even though this is a case study, you had already actually written about booking a branding photographer at the same time as a website refresh. So I was able to link up to that. And, you know, just because I have worked on like the majority of your blog posts, everyone for brand photographer method, like at this point, I think it's what, like 75% of (laughs) Jesse Wyman photos. Yeah. Um, I pretty much know, like, as I'm typing, like, oh, we totally did a blog post on this. And I go in and I look and I find that blog post and I'll link it up as much as possible. I mean, I don't go crazy. There's, although I could, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll, I think that's one of the last things is that I'll do is after I've kind of selected those images, I'll go in, make sure that I've linked up everything that I feel is relevant. Um, and then I go into our little Asana board and I click off the fact that I've done our first draft and just wait for you to take it from there. Yeah, it's been really, really easy. And the backlinks is huge. It does keep people on my website. Oh, and then I forgot to mention in our in our Google Doc where I talk about the the title and I give you my initial, I write down the notes and I link up our Loom video, but I also, we have a, um, a working list of like keywords. So that's really important. Mm-hmm. So Kate also is making sure that when she's writing this, being strategic in sort of those searchable keywords that I want people to find me. And then when it comes to the master, so we have a, we have a folder in my Google drive with master images Mm -hmm. and she can pull from any of my sessions or a specific session that I need. Again, sometimes I'm specific. Sometimes I'm like, ah, just grab whatever you think is going to work. And it's great. Now, one thing I want to point out is when you're thinking about images, you also want to make sure that you're retitling them because those do come up. I mean, I've actually heard arguments that it does matter, doesn't matter. Either way, you should be retitling your alt text um, because it can show up in Google searches. Yeah. As it relates to the to to you whatever 
keywords is important to you. So for 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 me, I think you Boston brand photography, I think you retitle them to something like that, right? There's Boston. I mean, there's a bunch that we use as branding photography. There's Boston brand photographer. There's headshot photographer. There's commercial photographer. Um, there's exactly. there's uh, there's boss. You wanted at one point you wanted like Boston business women photography in there. At one point, I remember. Um, I I know that people argue like it may matter. It may don't, but it, it may not. Wow, bad grammar on my part there. Um, but my argument is that it literally, as long as you know your keywords, it literally takes a second to go in and change this this alt text. So why not do it? Um, especially when you're talking about a photographer and you're trying to advertise your photography services. I think that's where it would matter the most. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if I'm looking for a photographer, I yeah, I'm going into Google and searching, you know, um, Boston photographer or North Shore, you know, we live on the North Shore, like North Shore photographer or something like that. Um, And yeah, I might just click on some of the first, you know, links that come up, but I might want to pop over to that, that image image tab. tab and, you know, just right away before even having to go check out a bunch of people's websites, being able to like see some, see some work and being like, oh yeah, well, I like this person's style. And like, I think you show up for Boston branding photographer in the images to image tabs, like a ton, not yeah. you personally, but your work. Yeah. Um, which makes it super easy for someone to find you. And again, right away, they're able to see the work that you're doing and they don't even have to, I mean, once they see it and they know, okay, I, I like this girl's work, like I'm going to pop over, but they don't even have to do that before they see what you're doing. Right. Um, so that is just, I mean, as I said, doesn't matter. Does it not? it takes such a little time to do yeah. like, why not do it anyways? Well, I, you're uploading the photo anyways. Like I know, I know. Well, and then the other, I think the last point we want to just touch upon for this episode is, you know, how to make it this relationship really work. And, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely think for me, the, you know, obviously like I'm hiring you to take the workload off. So it's like, I don't want to be spending right. hours of time giving you the information because otherwise I could have just written the blog post myself. So, but there are certain things that I think can help. Number one, just making sure that you have all of the images are important. Like make sure you have your images accessible if you're going to be using supportive images. Number two, the Loom video is huge, is huge. Because I think, again, you can write out notes, but as you pointed out, you're actually listening to some of maybe the insider vernacular or Mm -hmm. the terms that I'm using that you may not have been like, you know, I mean, you're very, you, you know, a lot about photography. I mean, you do your, a lot of your own photography. From you. For, well, you from know. your own, but, but even for your own blog. So you kind of know, it, but if you're ever, you're, you're in an industry where maybe your blog writer isn't familiar with, you might want to educate. There might be like a little bit of a learning curve on educating them on some of the, the insider knowledge, but then also taking that insider knowledge and like, you want to like dumb it down into keywords that people are actually going to, to, um, you know, to know when they're searching and then just having a system in place that's like very clear and easy to use so that, every, you know, along the step of the way. So like after I give my notes to you, it's so easy. We've got you, you, you now set up the board. So I get the notification in my, in my inbox saying, okay, mm-hmm. Kate's assigned all these things to me. And then when it's ready to go, like literally it's just, I'm just reviewing and it literally takes me maybe five minutes to review the draft. So like mm-hmm. I went from probably spending like an hour to 
two hours writing a blog post to now I think maybe I spend between getting you the notes and the collateral and reviewing and publishing maybe 30 minutes at most, at most. So like my time has gone down significantly because we have this system in place. So I don't know if you have anything to add. I think with that, well, I'm, you know, it is, it does cut down on time when it comes to um, the process and having that strong process in place. I think what people need to remember is like, while you are handing off the work to somebody else, you you need to prepare to do some of the work to begin with. So a lot of times people will get in touch with me and they'll, you know, it it can be it can be hard to start a blog because it seems like even though it's this has been an established form of communication for several years now, it, it seems to be kind of this business mystery still. Like, what is it actually good for? And the thing is, in the end, it's it's really educating Um people is the best way to use. I mean, yes, you can throw a blog post up there about how you're feeling and what's going on in your life. And that's great. Um, But when you're a business and you're trying to sell your services, you really want to establish yourself as kind of that um, expert in your field. So you want to use your blog to educate your clients. And to that point, when I get contacted by people, they kind of have all this, uh, all of these ideas and they're great. Um, but they just kind of throw all this stuff at you and you're kind of like, okay, that's great. Now we're going to have to put this down, as we said, into the system, which does take time. It's like, it's not like, as you said, you're probably spending still about a half an hour. Like when you have somebody who's going to do the work for you, you still end up doing a little bit of that work because how is that person necessarily going to know exactly what you want? Um, and you should just, if you are onboarding somebody, um, you should be prepared to spend more time at the beginning. So don't be, uh, I mean, granted, sometimes relationships do not work out. So, you know, that is something to keep in mind. But if you are onboarding somebody, you're bringing somebody on and you know that you want them to work on one or two blogs a month, like if you're spending more time at the beginning than you think you should be, don't be discouraged. Because again, this person is getting to learn not only you, um, but your brand. And what you want to accomplish with your blog. Um, They're learning all of this stuff. And while that is their job, it's still going to take a little time. So be prepared just in the beginning to spend a little bit more time than maybe you thought you would need to. Um, And then as this relationship progresses, that time should get, you know, be cut down into a much more manageable chunk of time where you're like, okay, this is why I hired somebody to handle this for me. So just that's just something to think about, you know, because I feel like a lot of people just think that they can hand something off and just have it be done. And and then they get something back and they're like, this isn't really what I wanted. Um, so just uh, yeah. spending that, you know, for one thing, developing that process, developing that relationship, this should be a really, you know, I don't have to be best friends with the person, although you and I are really good friends and, you know, business besties, as we've said, you know, you don't have to necessarily be best friends with the person, but just, you know, having, um, a working relationship with them, you know, which seems harder these days because we are doing things so much more remotely can, you know, is key in the end. So just, that's just my one one thing about blog writing in the, mm-hmm, in the end. Mm-hmm. So I love it. But, Perfect. All right. Well, any other tips, tricks that you have as, as somebody who's outsourced it or do we cover it all, Jesse? I think, I think we covered it all. I would say that if you're not quite ready to outsource your blog and you are a brand photographer and you're kind of at this point where you're like stuck, 
I'm just going to go ahead and plug my blog post templates. I do have a couple mm-hmm. templates in my shop over at thebrandphotographermethod.com. If you want to check those out, those are available to you in the shop. I do have a lot of other resources about blogging on my blog over at the brand photographer method as well. So you can check those out. They are really great resources. And then, you know, if you, if you have gotten to that point in your business where you are ready to hire someone, I would just encourage you to hire somebody who's actually going to do the job correctly um, and not just kind of do the job to, to do the job. So looking at somebody, you know, and again, you might end up paying a little bit more than you expected. Um, there has been some sticker shock in the industry, surprisingly, but, you know, just knowing again, getting that relationship with a person, you know, is time and time is money. So just being prepared for that. Um, and if, if you are interested in hiring someone to write your blogs, feel free to, you know, if you, even if you just want to talk about the process, um, I'm always willing to, to chat with people about what that usually involves. And then if we end up working together, that's great. If you end up going with somebody else, I'm, I'm happy that I helped because I know there's another writer out there that that's getting work. Um, and you can, you can DM me at fashionably Kate and co on Instagram, if you're interested in having that conversation. So thank you so much for listening to cocktails and content creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group cocktails and content creation community. And you can leave us uh, a comment, uh, anywhere that you follow us. And I'm just going to read, uh, one of our reviews. All right. So from silver whisk bake shop, which I think, have you worked with them, Jesse? That's Nancy. Nancy. I haven't Nancy. worked with her. I haven't worked with her personally, but I do know Nancy personally. Nancy. Oh yes. She's what she's lovely. I love mm-hmm. listening and learning to Kate, learning to Kate, Jesse and their guest speakers. I walk away from every episode feeling lighter and excited to work on my business with actionable and practical steps. I can implement. You learn about a specific topic from a pro in that field and, or from the host's personal experiences. They cover the topic clearly and it's entertaining. They explain what it is, why it's important and recommend recommendations and action steps for listeners. It's comprehensive yet bite-sized enough so that you're not overwhelmed by a ton of info they don't do it up with fluff yes thanks kate and jesse for creating such a fantastic podcast well thank you so much nancy for your uh review we appreciate Mm -hmm. it and who knows if you leave a review we might read it on the podcast so please head to wherever you're listening and do that i'm kate andrews and as i said you can follow me dm me whatever on instagram at fashionably kate and co And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos or at the Brand Photographer Method if you are interested in pivoting to the world of brand photography. Make sure to tune in next time for another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creation.